Hello there, and welcome to the Unconditional Healing Podcast. I'm Jeff Rubin. I've been blessed with a chronic illness in the last 20 years, and I've also been a teacher of Buddhist psychology and meditation for the last 40 years. Both of those experiences have enabled me to develop a program I call Unconditional Healing. The program and its teachings allow individuals to view difficulties and losses in their lives as a means to awaken and heal in the ultimate sense. If you'd like more information about my work, please visit our website at unconditionalhealing.org. And if you would like to support this podcast while also receiving benefits not available to the general public, please visit our Patreon page. You can find the link for it at the top of every page of unconditionalhealing.org or at the end of this episode's show notes. Thanks for joining me. Enjoy. Welcome to this episode of the Unconditional Healing Podcast with Jeff Rubin. I'm Bobby Hughes, the producer for the podcast, and I'm very glad to share this week's episode, a practical talk that Jeff gave at a recent virtual healing circle entitled Finding Your True North, Integrating Intention with Mindfulness Practice. As Jeff explains in this episode, we often mistake goals for intentions, and he differentiates one from the other. Intentions are those guiding beliefs that we carry with us that help us to set the goals that match our values. Without clear, explicit intentions, we can be like a leaf in the wind, drifting along wherever life takes us. Rather than focusing on the specific situations or setting oft-forgotten New Year's resolutions, Jeff advises that time should be set aside for looking at ourselves and our intentions, both the overarching kind for our entire life, but also our daily intentions, as a reminder of who we aspire to be. He also discusses the best time of day to work on intention setting. As we approach the end of this extraordinarily difficult year, Jeff offers us a plan, a practice if you will, that will help us to make peace with whatever difficulties arise, and to live in sync with our most heartfelt desires. And as Jeff sagely advises, by integrating mindfulness practice into this process, we are able to work with the feedback we get from the world, and check in to see if we are walking the walk. This is a very timely talk from Jeff, and I hope it will inspire us to live mindfully and with purpose. Enjoy. Okay, uh, today's topic is a uh, juicy one, as I said, finding uh, your true north, integrating intention with mindfulness practice. And uh, this was an interesting one for me personally because I uh, I realize that I don't think all that much explicitly about my intention and um this was a really a good reminder of of that fact. And talking about our um, intention, thinking about our intention is always a, a wonderful practice because it, it brings us back to the whole reason we're on Earth and functioning as human beings and attending things like a healing circle or a Zoom for cats, whatever it might be. So the uh, first question is uh, that arises is, what is intention? And 
how do we uh, differentiate that from the normal, the conventional definition of having a goal in mind that is ordinarily unmeasurable. So the way I'm uh, using intention is more of a uh, guiding belief uh, or a guiding belief system, you might say, in, uh, in one's life. And uh, that is differentiated from something like uh, I'm going to endeavor to walk 10,000 steps every day and I'm going to wear a uh, special measuring device on my wrist to uh, keep track of that. Now, that would be more of a goal, and uh, what we're talking about here is more of an overarching belief in how we'd like to uh, live our life altogether. So uh, um, a positive example would, uh, would be something like I'd like to be um, more um, compassionate. I'd like to be slower to anger. I'd like to be um, more tolerant of, uh, of folks that don't agree with me. And uh, Lord knows there's plenty of that going around in our polarized uh, state of uh, existence right now. I, um, I thought about um, one example of intention that we, uh, we read every session, and I recite this every time I practice, which is the aspiration, which I will uh, read uh, right now. Grant your blessing that I remain gentle, awake, and strong in the midst of pain. May I see beyond my own pain and become a beacon of others who are suffering. May I utilize illness and adversity to develop my mind and heart and realize my true character. May I manifest compassion and fearlessness in all my activities and never waver on the path of unconditional health and well-being. So that was written specifically for this healing circle, and the intention behind the healing circle is to uh, provide uh, a basis for overcoming and using adversity in our life as a, um, a linchpin for awakening and transformation uh, rather than... Um, just uh, wallowing in, um, in oh, what was me or how could this happen? So that's an overarching intention, exactly what I'm talking about here as the uh, definition. So um, we may have something like that in our life which is uh, more of a, um, a guiding principle, or as, uh, as I called in the uh, title, our North Star. Uh, why are we here? What is our um, purpose? Or am I just going from day to day instead of uh, aimlessly and just putting out fires, so to speak? And a lot of people here are dealing with severe uh, adversity in their life or loss, illness, 
depression, mental anxiousness, all sorts of things. And even with that, it's so important to have an intention of how we're going to work with that and what is our overarching principle for working with that kind of adversity. So the aspiration is an attempt to put that in a clear, concise, pithy phrasing um, so uh, that we have something very positive and very um, awakened in mind to aspire to. In, uh, and we'll talk more about how we monitor that, which is uh, part of the uh, process of integrating mindfulness with our intention. I was uh, thinking uh, back, and uh, we actually did an exercise like this on around uh, January 1st of uh, the year. And uh, I, I can't remember exactly what I called the exercise. I, I tried not to call it a resolution uh, because uh, that would be more of a, a specific goal setting. But um, what, is, uh, what is your purpose? What is your intention for the year? I, I believe uh, was the um, exercise. And people uh, responded uh, quite admirably with contemplation and then writing down some aspirations or intentions for the coming year. And I, for one, have, have looked at that once. I confess I, uh, it would be uh, great to go back and look at it once again. So... The next question is, um, after the uh, definition, how do, we, how do we set our intention? How do we actually formulate that? And I'm going to suggest one way that I found helpful. I'm sure there's more than one. The uh, practice that I might use to uh, formulate an intention would be sitting down and... Um, meditating, but really focusing on softening. And I might even put my hand on my heart center to accentuate that feeling of softness and tenderness and self-compassion. And then bring to mind questions of what am I doing here? What is my overarching purpose? What do I aspire to? Now, you may be thinking, well, I am uh, in a difficult situation. I can't exactly, I don't have the wherewithal to do that. So uh, in that case, let's say you're in uh, chronic pain or um, you're in um, a situation where um, you're um, having an illness which has no resolution, or you just lost your livelihood. Well, then a natural intention might be, may I deal with this in the most compassionate, most awakened way each day. So whatever is happening in our life is the basis for formulating an intention. 
And whether we're having a good time or a bad time or um, an optimistic or a pessimistic time in our life, um, we can still bring to bear this exercise of coming up with an intention of how we're going to work with it. But um, beside that, we might use something in our life that is an overriding issue for us. Like if we're really quick to anger, our um, intention might be, may I be slow in anger and uh, be able to uh, pause before I get um, completely off track. Now, I said um, that I normally would do this during a, a sinning session, during a meditation session, but you can do it anywhere. You can find a quiet place, contemplative place, especially during the autumn season. You might go out in, in a park and sit there and um, contemplate in this way, or um, a park bench even. Or if uh, you're lucky enough to live near the ocean, you might uh, go near the ocean, and uh, that naturally um, that naturally invokes a bigger space, a bigger mind, a more um, openness naturally, away from all the uh, hustle and bustle. Now that's the overarching kind of um, exercise. But then, um, and I'm calling that the overarching intention. But uh, we also may have uh, what I call a 24-hour practice. And that would be first thing in the morning upon awakening, what is my intention for that day? And that could be related to the overarching one, or it could be completely different based on what you have going on that day. For example, if I know I have a very busy day coming up and I'm uh, liable to get freaked out by all I have coming at me, my intention for that day, may I handle this with a plume and... Uh, relaxation, and um, being kind to myself. And that could be my intention for the day. And this is obviously very simple. It can take uh, like 30 seconds before we start our day and maybe even before our feet hit the floor from the uh, bed. I um, often... um, wake up uh, with uh, chronic pain or stiffness or sometimes spasms. So I might, my intention for that day might be help me sit with this chronic pain and um, uncomfortableness, this discomfort in a uh, a, a really awake and transformative way rather than just giving into it. And the corollary to this is at night we might do a um, how do I do practice just before we go to sleep. So what was my intention um, 12 or 15 hours ago? 
And how did I do? How did I uh, manage through the uh, day, uh, through uh, the um, waking hours? So uh, we're we're sandwiching our our day between uh, an intention in the morning, and then uh, a assessment of how I did. And I uh, must add, of course, this assessment is not a judgment. It's more of a uh, objective look at uh, what happened during the day without self-flagellation, of course. We don't want to beat up on ourselves. So that was the uh, intention. And uh, we've uh, defined it. We've given examples. Uh, we've talked about overarching intention and 24-hour intention. Now, let's talk about the mindfulness aspect. Since the subject of this talk is integrating the two of them. So... If I wanted to define uh, mindfulness, and there's many ways of doing it, I would call it a purposeful awareness in the moment and non-judgmental. A purposeful awareness in the moment, non-judgmental. And the non-judgmental is the key, obviously, there. As we were just meditating, we we want to let anything that wants to arise, arise, rather than stifling it or making a judgment. I don't want to deal with that. Now, John Kabat-Zinn added one more thing to the equation, and he added, in the service of self-understanding of wisdom. So purposeful awareness in the service of self-understanding and wisdom, which is a nice uh, corollary to that. And here we're talking about more than formal meditation practice. We're talking about mindfulness in everyday life. So the key uh, to intention is if we don't have mindfulness, there's no way of assessing how we're doing. Uh, there's just this intention, and then we forget about it. Uh, we we never access it or think about it again. And then uh, the next day, we do it again. And what have we what have we got? We've got a habitual pattern, but we don't have any insight. So in the uh, mindfulness practice is a, a way of checking in how we're doing, to put it in uh, simplest terms. And what's more than that, it enables me to correct and check in and correct when I'm veering off my intention. And that's a really important factor because the very act of veering off is a reminder in itself of our intention. Like, for example, if my intention was to um, be slower to anger and I feel myself getting agitated, mindfulness can be aware that that is happening on a pre-angry outburst situation. And uh, I can take a, a sacred pause at that time. 
I can actually remind myself I'm getting agitated. I notice that. I notice these feelings arising. I'm really getting pissed off. I'm going to lash out. But before I lash out, I'm going to just pause and chill. And so the mindfulness brings us back to square one, brings us back to my intention. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be slow to anger. Exactly, that's my aspiration. Or uh, you might be, um, your intention might be to more, uh, be a more tolerant person with uh, people who don't agree with you. And again, you might be in a situation, you find yourself uh, getting into an argument with someone and uh, just uh, stating what you believe and not listening to what they believe. And it's not uh, really a conversation anymore. It's about a, a, a yelling match back and forth. But you remember you're trying to be more tolerant and you take that pause and in that pause, you're able to, in that mindfulness pause, you're able to uh, change direction. Um, and it almost happens on its own in the same way that um, when you are walking and you trip, your tripping will automatically bring you back to your uh, natural gait. The fact of having tripped brings you back. So it's very similar to that, uh, that our um, mindfulness is a, um, a way of um, checking in and correcting when we're veering off our intention. Now, does it work all the time? Of course not. Uh, but even that, even if we do veer off, even if we do have an outburst, then after that, that reminds us, oh boy, uh, I did it again, and I have to re reassert my intention. And um, that is a way of coming back as well. In other words, mindfulness always enables us to get feedback, whether positive or negative. And um, that's always a good thing. We can always count on that. There's always feedback. Uh, whether it's um, expected or unexpected. So the point I wanted to really make here in this um, talk was that intention without uh, mindfulness is uh, not going to go anywhere. And mindfulness without intention also is not going to go very far. We might get into the habit of uh, meditating, but if uh, we don't have a, a real intention, that can quickly become its own habitual pattern. And there's no sense of um, what the intention should be. No one is making that for us. That's totally up to us based on our circumstances, based on our propensities, based on uh, what kind of uh, lifestyle we have. All that is uh, going into the equation, and no one can form the intention other than us. We may look to others uh, to emulate, of course, but then we have to put it into our own words and our own thought pattern, our own thought process. 
to uh, make it our own, uh, make it irrelevant to the times. So the examples I gave happen to be very relevant for these times of being slower in anger, being um, less triggered, being more tolerant, because um, what we see in the world now is, uh, is a lot of our chaos and uh, misunderstandings, polarization is uh, rampant, and um, outright lying is rampant, not telling the truth. And the question is, all that is unfolding before our eyes, what, how are we going to react to it? How are we going to live with that? Are we going to be consumed by it, or are we going to have a greater intention to work with it? And that's exactly uh, what we're talking about here. How do we work with this and um, not wait for greener pastures? Because the whole process of awakening is awakening to what is, and what is may not be what we like, what we aspire to be happening right now. So we have to work with what is exactly. And so the intention to work with um, adversity, work with extenuating circumstances, that's exactly what we're talking about here. And then we have this wonderful tool, mindfulness, to help us assess how we're doing and uh, make progress on the path, make progress on our path, so to speak. Now, I want to mention one more thing, and this may uh, come out of left field. Uh, let's see. And that's the realization that the waking state and the dream state are exactly the same. And what I mean by that is um, there's a, a slogan, of course, that goes with this, and the slogan is, regarding all dharmas as dreams, and dharmas there is um, translated as phenomena. Uh, regarding all dharmas as dreams has to do with um, seeing that there's no separation between dreaming and awakening. And I, I explicitly mentioned that 24-hour um, intentional practice as being done early in the morning. And I want to be even more explicit. Ideally, it should be done when you're just coming out of sleep, maybe even dreaming, and you're not quite awake, and things seem dreamlike and spacey. Very often, I notice that my intention spontaneously arises out of that dream state, out of that uh, dream-slash-waking state, not quite awake, not quite asleep, transitioning, and I haven't yet kicked in any negative self-talk about the upcoming day. In fact, um, my thoughts are not really coming at all. And I noticed that out of that space can come our intention arising spontaneously. Now, 
it doesn't arise spontaneously, no big deal, because we can take advantage of that time to, as we're gradually coming to consciousness, think about what we'd like the day to unfold like, how we'd like the day to unfold. And uh, that could be our intention for that day uh, before all this negative self-talk kicks in, as uh, we normally uh, experience uh, very often. So uh, I wanted to mention that, and um, the last thing I would say is that seeing our life in that way as dreamlike takes a lot of the pressure off being a human being. Um, it, it lightens things up, it uh, uh, takes their burden off our shoulders, because when you think of a dream, you think, oh, uh, that seemed real, but then you wake up and it's not real. And there was nothing solid there. It was ephemeral. And maybe we feel like our life is a lot more solid than that, but it's also... The awakening state is very ephemeral and very dreamlike, uh, if you think about it. And um, that's something to at least uh, contemplate and um, think about as a way to relate to phenomena with a lighter touch, uh, as if uh, one was dreaming. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. If you'd like to learn more about unconditional healing and the healing circles, please visit unconditionalhealing.org. The healing circles are free, and you can register by going to events on the Unconditional Healing website. You can also help support this podcast and learn about additional benefits and events not available to the general public by visiting our Patreon page. You'll see a link for it at the top of every page of unconditionalhealing.org and there's a link at the end of the show notes. And if you enjoy the podcast, please rate us with a 5 on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thanks again.